The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba, Remax Metro Eastside. And I'm Eric Austinus from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy weekend. Yes, happy weekend right back at you, mister. Hopefully everybody's out there enjoying the Northwest. Yes, I know. I know I, I got a chance to get out on my boat recently, and I was super happy about it. I hadn't been able to, with, you know, just the other weekend we had a super nice week. Well, I guess I, well, maybe I can't say really super nice. It did rain, but... Mm. I did have a good time for two and a half days. I actually, this is the thing. I went out on a Friday night yeah, and ended up staying the entire weekend Ooh, on the boat. That's a good, that's a good trip. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It was, unint- nice. it was, you know, completely unintentional, but thankfully, cause I always pack way too much food. <laughs> it was very viable. Nobody was going to starve. <laughs> no, there was yeah. absolutely going to be no starving going on. And, uh, Hung out with my friend James Kolafa, who oh, I okay. yeah. just told you, you know, as we were talking about, well, because we were talking about rates and the market. Mm-hmm. And then he, and, you know, so I sent you a referral. Well, thank you very much. Yes. Absolutely. Because we were talking about his mortgage. He's got this, you know, house on, you know, Lake Washington. And he was like, yeah, you know, what's going on with the market? And I started telling him, he's like, yeah, I'm thinking maybe I should refi. And I went, well, what's your mortgage at? He said it was like, you know, high. La, 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 la. Sorry. Not too much. You got you already mentioned his name. Oh, so. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. But anyway, he, well, I, I don't know the exact, but I mean, it was like, basically it was yeah. just under five in high fours. And I thought, holy smoke, dude, that's a lot. Oh, you talk about the rates. Yeah. yeah the rates. Oh, yeah. yeah. If rates are, are anything above even right now, 3.75 or so, it's probably worth taking a look at. Right. And that was yeah. the thing we were discussing. I said, because I just looked at him and I went, why in the world have you not? Gone back. I mean, he's in my, you know, he's in my yacht club with me, right? So sure. I was just like, dude, why have you not looked at this? Right. And it always surprises me because, like, he's a super sharp guy, yeah, really yeah. sharp guy. But it's surprising that um, a lot of people just kind of, you know, we're a path of least resistance. We're busy. We're, we're busy. busy. We're path of least resistance. We don't, you know, well, it requires effort to do stuff like that, and I get it, and time. Yeah. But the amount. Of benefit that they'll have, you know, well, of that's, that's doing a it. refinance is, I mean, well, I'll just put it this way. I know he wants to buy another boat. I'm like, you could buy a better boat <laughs> if you had more money available to that's you. Right. <laughs> or you could you could afford to put gas I in mean, that boat. <laughs> we, we've had folks recently, we've saved them 500 600 700 $800 a month. I know. You know, just because their rates were so high yeah. to start with, or maybe they had PMI on the loan. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even right now, I, my own home. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like the, I, this is a bad analogy for me, but it's like the barber who has the shaggy hair. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have any hair, but, yeah. uh, but if I did, you know, it would be shaggy because I haven't gotten around to, 
working on my own refinance. Well, I finally, finally started that this week. Yeah. And I, my concern was my home is somewhat unique. It's got an, it a is. detached ADU, but the problem is it's, I'm surrounded by these mega houses mm-hmm. and appraisers have a term which they call highest and best use. Yes, which we ran into when we you were purchasing. certainly did when you helped me buy that home yep. because the highest and best use for mine would be to bulldoze it all down mm-hmm. and build subdivide. five houses. Subdivide. Yeah. You know, but and that's not what I want to do. And nope. so, so I was just sort of procrastinating on my own refinance because I know I'm going to have trouble with my appraisal, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? I started what? it. And I received what we are more frequently getting right now, an appraisal waiver. Well, good. So I don't even need an appraisal. Okay. So, so lots of folks could still you know, be in the same boat out there. If you have a decent amount of equity in your home mm-hmm. and you're refinancing, if you're not pulling cash out or doing other things like that, if you're just refinancing, mm-hmm. you may not even need an appraisal. So that makes the yeah. whole process pretty pretty slick, slick now, and easy. Are they using what's called an AVM automated valuation model in that situation since you're not getting an appraisal or is it just because the equity position is so high against the loan? Yeah, it's a great question. It's a combination of things, but both the, and this only works for for conventional pretty much typically conventional loans, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac type loans. So these are standard conventional mm-hmm. loans. Both Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have an automated underwriting system that that every lender runs their their loans through. So you run it through Fannie. If they say the appraisal waiver, we're good to go. If they say no, well, then we'll run it through Freddie and see if Freddie thinks something different. So it's not even AVM. It's it's the proprietary systems that Fannie Mae and Freddie are using. Gotcha. And they're not just looking at the value of the home. They're looking at your overall risk profile. So I've, I've had some, some people. And they don't they, think you're risky? <laughs> no, they, <laughs> I know. Silly them. Uh, but they don't uh, know you personally, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if if um, you know, we've had situations where somebody has a ton of equity and they still we can't get the automated because mm-hmm. maybe there's just not enough data on the the neighborhood, or mm-hmm. there's an issue, something else. The overall risk profile of that loan doesn't quite meet the guidelines. But if right. you've got you know decent credit and and a little bit of equity, um, then you've got a pretty good shot at getting that appraisal waiver. So not only does that speed up the process of refinancing, it cuts the hassle. It also saves you about 750 bucks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So definitely yeah. worth it. Yeah, That's I know we've seen appraisals anywhere from like 600 to to $1,000, depending on the right. company that we're dealing with with our client. Yes, in our overheated purchase market. Mm-hmm. And if we get a, a fast closing where we, we might need to close that transaction in a couple of weeks, you know, two or three weeks, uh, appraisers are demanding rush fees mm-hmm. and things like that. Well, we still have a shortage. I mean, we've talked about it on the show. Yeah. I mean, we've been on almost five years now. And in that entire time, mm-hmm. it's not gotten any better. Oh, the shortage of the appraisers. The shortage of appraisers. Yeah. yeah. No. And we've had a hot market the entire time. That's right. Right. Even when we had our little short yeah. coronavirus shutdown, things were still cranking along. Refinances were cooking yeah refinances were cooking and the purchase market was cooking and that's actually you know what's still happening right now we've been saying that over the last few weeks is that the buyer activity has been very very strong because of the interest rates and you know there was pent-up demand and we still continue to have a housing shortage that's right but i know we're going to talk um a whole lot of different things like this show is going to be for for our listeners if you want to know kind of the direction that we're going to be going today um we've got a number of different topics that we're going to be covering that are kind of 
sort of like how in January and December you and I start prognosticating like what we think is going to happen throughout the year, which mm-hmm. of course in January Missed we had one. we had yeah. no idea that yeah. you know that things were going to get this Missed nuts by that much. I didn't have pandemic in my uh, forecast. Yeah, not yes, exactly. Yeah. However. Um, you know, it's not bad to do kind of a half year update, mm-hmm. right? Sure. And then be like, well, what do we think is going to happen the rest yeah, of the absolutely. year? Right. Like we're doing that even in my business. I always think it's always good to, you know, not only do you do your annual reviews and quarterlies, mm-hmm. but it's, it's good to even like do a half year update and to say, you know, where, where we go from here. Yeah. Right? right. So, um, I think the topics that we're going to have today are what are the things that have since the beginning of the year come into play that weren't there in January necessarily mm-hmm. and how do we think it's going to play out through the rest of 2020 right and absolutely. maybe even beyond but it depends on each topic matter right because yeah, I think between the two of us we have uh, somewhere between like five and six topics alone just to get through on this mm-hmm. show yeah, right for sure. yeah yeah for but sure. um, we'll call it the good the bad and the ugly Did yeah <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Got a little bit of all of that in there. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, I do in my stack of things. Of course, so whenever I hear that, that immediately makes me hear that, you know. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. The little whistle and yeah, from that movie, of course. But um which was a classic, awesome movie. Watched it the other day. It's Did you? Favorites. Oh my gosh. One of the originals three spaghetti westerns with Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Filmed in I, Italy. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, is that why it was called spaghetti westerns? Uh huh. Ding, ding, ding. Yep, that's right. I don't think I knew that until just now. That's right. Oh, that's so funny. Good I don't know how I didn't know that. Fistful of dollars uh-huh. and a few dollars more. Why were they filmed there? Cheaper. They did that. Oh, the same like way. when they used to go to Canada all uh-huh. the time. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And Interesting. It's weird because Italy and in those movies looks just like eastern Washington to me. Where in Italy was it? I'm not sure. I'm Any guessing... Idea? Well, now you make me want to go watch so I can look at the credits and see yeah, where it was yeah, filmed. Yeah. I'm really not sure. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Sorry, listeners. Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> or right. spaghetti shiny, in this case. Shiny. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Shiny bright object. If somebody knows, write in. We'd like to know. Uh, so anyway, we're going we're gonna to go through all these different topics. Um, and I don't, do you want to start with some of them? you got quite a list. Sure. So do we want to get into that? Sure. We'll start with yours. And I mine... Mine's more recent and is just now probably coming into play, and we're still trying to figure out what, what's going to happen with it. But, uh, right. That's the ugly. Yeah. Mine's okay. kind of ugly. Let's start with the good. Yeah. let's uh, Please. Right. Okay. Uh, this came out actually uh, yesterday. Um, the CFPB, the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, is going to eliminate debt-to-income requirements from qualified mortgage standards. So Wait, let what? Me, let me just translate that into English. Uh, right Are you now, serious? Yeah. Right now, uh, when you when you take out a mortgage, there is a, a federal rule that says your debt-to-income ratio, meaning your total monthly payments for any debts, car loans, credit cards, student loans, and your mortgage, um, cannot exceed 43% of your income. Well, for the last, I don't know, uh, well, probably five years now or so, there's been a, a temporary exemption to that rule that would really let it allow us to go higher than that. And, okay. and that line in the sand has been 50%. Right, yes. So as long as we keep everything at or below 50%, we've been okay. Um, that official rule is set to sunset next year, which would automatically kick us back down to 43%. 
which okay. would not be good for a lot of folks. I mean, there's people with circumstances mm-hmm. that maybe we've got two people living in a house. We're only using one person's income to qualify. Right, exactly. You know, so their debt-to-income ratio is high on paper, but mm-hmm. really they've got but, other yeah, income. Yeah, they've got extra income, income. Yeah, yeah. things like right, that. Right, exactly. You know, so, so we've, but we've been highly restricted. And if our debt-to-income ratio when we're working on a loan is 50.01, you know, we're You're dead in the water. Until we, unless we can figure out a way to, to, right. to, to get that lower and we can get... Which yeah. is sometimes why I know you work through stuff where like you get someone to pay off a credit card yes. or you do some or a, or a car loan or that's right. you know, whatever it is. Pay off debts or we have to buy yeah. down the interest rate or we right. have to increase the down payment, you know, things like that. Okay. So, uh, so part of the good is that the debt to income ratio is going away. It's going to make it a little easier to qualify, you know, for many folks out there. So we'll leave well, this, I have, uh, I have so many that. questions, though. <laughs> well, we'll leave this one on a good note. We'll be right back. We got more open house with Team Reba in just a few minutes. Open house with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hess from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock bringing information on real estate and finance. Mm-hmm. And Sundays from 3 to 4 p.m. And all the time on podcasts. There you go. Go iTunes, to your favorite. Stitcher, Spotify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever works best for you. There's a lot of them out there. I know we upload to a company called Buzzsprout and it farms it out to a whole bunch of those different organizations. Which I thought was an organic produce company when I first heard that. But Oh, <laughs> Apparently not. No, it's not. No sprouts. <laughs> no sprouts at Buzzsprout. Yes. Um, okay, but I'm I'm buzzing over here with what you said right before we went on the break. Yeah. Talking about the removal of the debt to income ratios from qualified mortgages. Mm-hmm. So what what's the typical percentage of mortgages that fall into that category? It's going to vary from lender to lender, but it's pretty high. I, I would okay. I would say probably sixty five to seventy percent of the loans made okay. you know, by a typical lender are going to be a conventional type mortgage. The the rest of those will be government loans, FHABA mm-hmm. or, or jumbo loans. Okay, so it's going to be somewhere in that range. So, you and I have talked for years, like especially with changes in the lending industry since you know the housing crisis of two thousand seven to twenty ten. Does this potentially put us at a risk of people taking out loans that actually they should not? Or are the banks instituting their own guidelines outside of that? That's a great question because the CFPB can change the rule, but that does not mean that the secondary markets, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, will Mm -hmm. adopt the rule. Okay. So that's next. Okay. You know, as to see if Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac adopt it. If they do... Uh, what they will do, and I, I mentioned this in the, just kind of on another topic in the previous segment, that there's these automated underwriting mm-hmm. engines with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Uh, so if, if this debt-to-income ratio requirement is eliminated, uh, the, the, the um, Fannie Freddie will adjust their credit scoring model, you know, their, their mm-hmm. approval engine model uh, to reflect that. So in other words, right now, if my debt-to-income ratio is 50.01, I will not get an approval. Right, but under the new um, you know policies, they'll uh, ad- adjust that so my debt ratio might be fifty one, and I can mm-hmm. still get an approval provided 
I have compensating factors. I have other strengths in that file. Okay. You know, so it's it's going to be something where it's it's going to it's it'll be built into their approval decision making criteria. Okay. So you're not going to have a situation where maybe the credit's low, the debt to income ratio's high. There's no cash reserves or money left over after okay. closing. So we're not getting into liar loans, uh, no, no doc, low doc kind of anything world. Like, anything like and, that. And I say that because we've made all these commentaries oh, before yeah. yeah and hopefully you know we've all continued to have learned no <laughs> but but reba we haven't yeah well we, we i know they were starting to loosen up again in the last two years Just prior to covid yeah i mean in january february uh there were there was a flood of new products coming on to the market mm-hmm. we call them non-qm oh that's right and yeah. these are non-qualified mortgages they don't meet the federal guidelines mm-hmm. so you can be approved based on your bank statements you mm-hmm. can be approved based on the cash flow of a property or based on the balances in your um accounts mm-hmm. there's there's those but have those pulled back though because of gone yeah i was going to say yeah. cuz i had a client who just barely under the wire mm-hmm. yep. um because the company he worked for, he was retiring in the fall and ended up, because of COVID, his company moved up his retirement date and we just sure. barely got oh, yeah. in. That'll happen, yeah. And at the very end, his lender, because it was a credit union for his industry, um, you know, it was the oil industry and it, they did do it on an asset-based mm-hmm. standpoint um, because now his income was going away yeah. because of retirement. Right. So it was just like, oh, geez. I mean, we and it was I got to say it was a little bit of a heart stopper for me when I got the phone call from the customer about it because he was thinking, oh, no big deal. And I was like, oh, Oh, God, (laughs) this is potentially not a good deal. One of my loan officers Um, was working on a transaction mm -hmm. uh, with one of these types of loans that. The, the buyer was just relying on the income the property mm-hmm. was generating. Uh, right, yeah. And uh, literally two weeks into the transaction, COVID you know, hit, yeah. and this lender, with no warning at all, said, we're out. Yeah. And uh, there were no oh, other choices ouch. for this person. You know, so that transaction failed. Yeah. So Yeah, and, this one luckily made it through, but I think yeah. it, it oh, was yeah. – uh, it was a nail biter. Yep. So, no, yeah. So was- and I will say every single thing because, you know, thankfully, you know, you and I have always worked so closely together that, you know, I think my knowledge base on oh, your, yeah. your industry is higher than typical. And I was able to lay out for my customer. I'm like, okay, ask this. This and this and this, I, I have, and I, then this is probably going right. to happen, yeah. and then they're going to make you do this, yeah. and then, and then you're going to have that. And he's like, oh lie. no 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 no. And a week later, he went. Everything you said happened. I went, uh huh, yeah, I bet. Well, you, you called me. It was a few weeks ago, and yeah. there was there was a question about how much a seller could pay. Oh, on oh FHA gosh, transaction. Yes, and and still isn't an, an annoying topic you to me. me. And you go, how much can the seller pay on an FHA transaction? I said six percent. Yeah, and, and you're like, that's what I thought. And then, and then I'm like, why? And you go, well, this loan officer is telling me it's 4%. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's never been 4%. Yeah. 4% is not a, a number anywhere for anything. Yeah. You know, along that line. And uh, So but, I have but, no but idea but why already, he came up with that. You already knew the answer. So yeah. You, you know, so. And I was just validating, like, did something change? <laughs> you know, like, I, and the thing was that really bit on that, as, as you know, um, just, 
you know, listeners, sometimes it's helpful to know everything that somebody does for a living. It's good to know exactly, you know, what somebody um, has in their back pocket, so to speak, because I ended up, you know, this was a very strange situation, right? It's one of those times where you weren't working. You know, I tried, I tried to send this client to you because you knew who one of the party was. Yeah. Um, and they've been on the show and, you know, so I thought, oh, great. What a wonderful opportunity. You know, this, uh, you know, chamber contact of mine. And it was a oddity in that when they told me, oh, no, no, no. The wife got to pick me as the real estate agent and the husband picked the loan officer. And the loan officer, lo and behold, is a guy I know who I'd done a real estate transaction with the year prior. And his main job is running a real estate team and he just does mortgages on the side. Yeah. Uh, mostly on refi. Yeah, about and, that. Yeah. Yeah. And so what does he try and do? He tries to take them away from me as a customer, right? And then keeps feeding me a line of baloney. I, I mean, it was kind of pathetic. I'm like, mm. wait, you're actually a licensed mortgage broker also. And I, I still know more about the product than you do, you know, and I'm just like, what in the world? And so it was really frustrating to sit there and Mm -hmm. listen to a person who's not only a licensed real estate agent, but also a licensed mortgage professional giving wrong information to the customer. And it started causing an issue. You know, we, we eventually had to just bypass it and say, you know, whatever. But it was super frustrating, (laughs) super, super frustrating. Well, so this, this industry is so complex and there are so many rules uh, mm-hmm. that it, it's it's a full-time job just to keep up on the changes. Yeah. Well, that's why I was kind of like, uh, this isn't his main gig. So right. you might want to know right. that. No, for sure. But I get relationships matter to a lot of people and um, you know, yeah. so oh, we we worked around it, but absolutely. Anyhow, going okay. back to Ooh. our good, bad and ugly yeah. conversation. All right, so were you done with all the good stuff on that? So we're, so that, we're we're telling our listeners there's some good stuff. Yeah. And it it's not necessarily adding risk into the marketplace. Correct. It's just providing opportunity for those people who were just kind of cutting it close, which frankly here is more commonplace because of the price point of the homes. And like you said, oftentimes we are qualifying based on one person's income. Yeah, there's always a gray area. There's always exceptions. And so mm-hmm. this just makes it a little bit less rigid, you know, than, than you've got this line in the sand. Right. You have to be at or below this number. Right. So, yeah, I think I, I'm going to classify that one. We'll put that one in the good in the good category. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So so do you have any other good ones or are we going straight into bad? I, <laughs> I, got, I got one good one. Uh, you know, okay. This is just more COVID related, but... Um, that one is that are always uh, weird because, you know, most times anything COVID related is not is good. Bad. Well, yeah, the number of loans and forbearance is falling. Right. Yay. Now. So that's actually super happy to hear really that because we haven't news. talked about that for a few weeks. Right. Um, so what are we looking at? Well, we're down under uh, where it's about eight point four percent right now. OK. Of, of the whole pool of mortgages in the world that are or in the country that are under forbearance. OK. That's about four point two million homeowners. Mm-hmm. And in the breaks out, you know, most of those are government loans. FHA, VA accounts okay. for about eleven point eight percent of their whole portfolio. Uh, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, uh, FA or conventional mortgages mm-hmm. about six point three percent, and then okay. other ones, jumbos, uh, alternative type loans are around ten percent okay. of their portfolios. So it's all coming down. Um, that's that's a good sign. 
Um, delinquencies are, are mm -hmm. still, you know, not, not that bad as well. So, you know, as we, as we're seeing the economy start to open up, that's good news. You know, we're going to see the, those numbers of forbearance. Yeah. We want to see those because that was one of the things that you and I have said that we're going to be tracking throughout the year mm -hmm. is what happens to those forbearance loans because Absolutely. that, because some of them might recover and some may not. That's right. That's right. right? So yes, I go ahead. The bad part about that. Okay. Let's move on to the bad. Sure. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to have to get there eventually get anyway. There. The bad is if, if, if the loan is in forbearance, mm -hmm. it may, there's a little bit of work that has to be done to, before you'd be eligible to either refinance or buy another home. Okay. So the rule is if the, if the loan was in forbearance, but you reinstated it, you already just caught back all the, the mm -hmm. regular payments and everything, you're good to go. So okay. I guess that's good, you know, but you okay. have to catch up any payments that were missed, you know, before you could move forward. If you went through some type of a loss mitigation solution, that's a nice new mm -hmm. term that we're using, a uh, LMS. Do they mean uh, that as a short sale or no, just loss? Meaning a modification okay. or a repayment plan because we're f with forbearance, you have to repay. Right. It's not just like forgiving. Right. Um, so if you've gone through some type of a arrangement like okay. that, you, you miss payments, but you have not caught those payments up, but you're on a plan, then you have to make three mortgage payments okay. before you be eligible for new financing, either refinance or purchase. So, okay, I'm going to, and you probably can't answer this, but I'm just going to throw this out as an example though. Let's say it's somebody who they went into forbearance, had that situation, but let's say they're there in this market mm -hmm. where it's, they've maybe gotten a lot of equity build up, yep. but now they want to sell and move to a less expensive. Why don't we answer that yeah. after these messages we'll be back after just a few moments here on open house with team reba with reba hass and eric asnes be back in just a few open house with team reba on am 1590 the answer Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hassa, Team Reba, REMAX Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Okay. Yeah. So, so, just as we went into that break, I was starting to get ready to ask you that question about someone, if they're here in this market, maybe they've got a home that has equity position, mm -hmm. but you know they didn't want to sell at the time. Right. Right. They went into forbearance. Maybe they're on one of those payment plans, like you're talking about the loss mitigation, you know, payment plan for catching up. Mm -hmm. But maybe they've decided now because either their work allows it or, you know, they've just made a life choice. What if they decide to sell that home, mm -hmm. access their equity, and move to a less expensive marketplace? Yeah. Are they, they now just SOL completely? That's a great question. The answer is no, they would not be. Uh, they'd be fine. Because because they paid it off, they would have completed the program. That's right. okay. So by paying off the mortgage, you're you're done. Okay, you've that it. is a consideration. And it's not that absolutely okay. And, and that will make you eligible uh, for new financing. Okay, well, and that's, that's a great question because yeah. I think a lot of people are going to be doing that. You know, they're, it's very possible. Yeah, you know, we're seeing people shifting around right now. Yeah, some of them locally and some out of area. Yes. So you know, and part of that has been. 
you know, with coronavirus, people and the companies they work for, some of them have decided, yes, you can work mm-hmm. remote. And right. some people are like, hey, I can work from wherever. So I'm going to take advantage of that. Yes. And, you know, they're going to places where they can maybe even not have a mortgage anymore. I have some clients right now moving to Ellensburg. Yeah. You know, because you look at the price of a home there. Oh, yeah. And the amount of rainfall. And they're yeah. Like, yeah, this works. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean. It's, it's 90 minutes to downtown Seattle if the traffic's light. Right. You know? so yeah. You know, and it, and if you're somebody who wants to be Just out. Just like Everett. <laughs> true. That's actually 100% true. Yeah. <laughs> and now that we have traffic coming back. Yeah. Yeah, that's the whole thing. It's oh, like. Big time. I was really loving those. Those times that you and I were coming to the studio and you could just whip down here in like 22 minutes. And now we're back to like, oh, I got to really watch my time and get out the door and, you know, all the other stuff. And, you know, S-curves, of course. S-curves, blech. You know, I have to deal with that all the time. It's like, oh, they're back. And and I-5 South. I got stuck in that the other day. It's, to me, it's, okay, it's the Kennedale Hill. It's a hill. Folks, it's just a hill. It's not scary. You can go sixty up the hill. Yeah, you just you know what causes that, right that though. Just a little bit more. Yeah, but you know what causes that is the truckers because well, their trucks slow down I, and they're, because and of they're the pitch. In both lanes. Yeah, it, that, they slow it down mm-hmm. because they slow down. I it's know. not so much that everybody else is afraid. It's because the oh, truckers, I, if been, they have a heavy load, they they naturally I've slow down. Been behind many Toyota products that have also slowed way way down going up those hills, and you know what I'm talking I about. I know. You know who you are. We're moving on. We're moving on. Okay, let's talk about something else. <laughs> those and those darn hard hybrids that you don't like. So okay, I don't mind a hybrid, uh, but just drive it like it's stolen. You know. Oh jeez. Okay. Drive see, like and this rental. this goes right back to my comment earlier about they don't see you as enough risk. <laughs> the fools. I know. Right. All right. So what else you got there in your pile of stuff to well, to read? You know. Uh, yeah. As far as is. Uh, you know, the, the main one is, oh, let's oh, let's talk about um, self-employed. Yeah, I was going to say that. Was, qualifying yes. due to COVID. And then we could even run into regularly employed borrowers as well. Self-employed, yeah. uh, what we're having to do, if your business has been impacted by COVID, mm-hmm. uh, this is a, even if it hasn't, this is a new requirement for this year. We're asking for a year-to-date profit and loss statement and two months of your business bank statements. Ah, that's the trick. The business bank statements have to be showing deposits that are commensurate with the income that we're using to qualify you. Okay. So, for instance, if you say you're making $10,000 a month or maybe mm-hmm. past year's tax returns are, are showing mm-hmm. that, you know, and we can clearly document that. If we look at your two months of bank statements and we see maximum deposits of $2,000 or $3,000, mm-hmm. we're going to have a hard time proving that we should qualify you with $10,000 income. So how does that get impacted by the PPP program as well as the emergency funds? Well, that's a that's a great question. You know, PPP... I love how I'm full of great questions today. Is, well, <laughs> well, PPP is not income. Right, the PPP payment protection is, plan. It's, but it's but, a, but what, what if you're a self-employed person who does pay yourself a salary? Well, it would show... Again, it's going to be deposits to the, ban- to the business account. Mm-hmm. So if, if we see deposits... And they don't appear to be from business activities. Mm-hmm. We're probably not going to be able to count those. Okay. So I suppose if somebody had PPP money and it were in some other account and it got transferred over into a business account, 
you know, I, I don't think that would work. I mean, it's something we could probably look at. Mm-hmm. But Well, it's definitely something line, that I'm thinking about just because, like, in my industry, yeah. we're all considered self-employed. But, like, right. I'm set up as an S-corp, and I pay myself a salary. Right. And I also have, you know, well, all my stuff. I'm not talking staff. about paying yourself a salary. I'm talking mm-hmm. about just revenue. fully just I'm talking about okay. deposits from customers. Right. You know, okay. cash deposits, things like that. Gotcha. So if I run a restaurant or if mm-hmm. I have a consulting business, you know, I'm getting mm-hmm. you know money paid into me from my clients, you know, my my um my vendors or whoever and and I, I we're looking right. at that. We have to look at that under these new guidelines. So I'm putting so, that firmly in the in the bad category. Right. It's a bit more restrictive. Will it also impact any of these business owners, though, if they did get the emergency funds or the PPP for any other purposes? Well, like, because, I mean, those are loans. I mean, will it hit, like, their DTI stuff at all, it, even though most won't. of them are going to be forgivable? Yeah, most of those are, are not going to even show when we're looking at a residential mortgage. Okay. I don't even think they'll show up on a, on a personal credit report. So um, I doubt that will impact us. Okay. And I think that, that, mark, that part might be just fine. Well, that's good to know. I mean, because yeah. as – you know, someone who was on the chamber board and all the different small businesses that we know were impacted individually. You know, you know, there was a lot of bottom lines. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, so we're, we're and not just small business, obviously. Yep. But so, just be prepared for that. If, if mm-hmm. you're self-employed, you're you're looking at a mortgage. You know, your your lender mm-hmm. will be asking for additional documents like that. Uh, right. Also, kind of in that same sort of bad category, if you are hourly. Let's mm-hmm. say your hours are cut way back. Mm-hmm. You know, that's you know that's actually been coming up with a lot of mm-hmm. clients recently yeah, because yeah. they some of them were furloughed for a small period of time, but then came back, right. and they're like, "How is this going right. to hit me? Right, right? Like, will I be hurt by this?" Yeah, and the answer is maybe. It, the answer mm-hmm. is depends. Uh, our, our favorite answer. Our sponsor. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this segment is brought to you by Depends. Yeah. <laughs> so the rule is this: if you're salaried. We're, we're probably okay. Maybe you were furloughed or your hours were cut back. Mm-hmm. Once we can document that you're back full-time, salaried, w- we'll be fine with your okay. with your existing salary. If you were hourly, it's not so not so lucky. Right. If you're hourly, we are at current being required to average that income over the whole year. Okay, that's what I wondered. So if it's up and then it's down, maybe it's coming back up now, mm-hmm. uh, that, that downtime is going to have to be factored into the average. We're waiting for some additional guidance to come from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac on that. Mm-hmm. And it is possible that they'll give us a little bit of a break. But as it stands right now, uh, we're, we're having to average out that income. When you say they may give you a little bit of a break, what's that well, possibly what, what, look what, like? What we're arguing for, and actually with Homebridge, we have um, one of our executives is on the boards uh, we, you know, with Fannie Mae. They're on the guidance committees trying mm-hmm. to kind of help guide uh, underwriting credit policy for Fannie Mae, uh, Freddie Mac. Uh, what we're trying to say is let's be fair about this. You know, if, if they were, we know we have a three month period where the income was significantly mm-hmm. lower or non-existent. Let's cut that out of our average. You know, we'll look right. at what happened pre COVID. We'll kind look of looking at it like a natural disaster, yeah, bizarre exactly. event one which, time, which is fair. Yeah, it's fair, but we have to wait for the secondary markets to give us their blessing on that Fannie Freddie to say it's okay. Right. In, in which case we could move forward. So stand by it. Stay tuned on that one because that one might, may actually um, get a little okay. bit better here. You yeah. Know, well, we I know it's, I, I know it's been, we've had um, some people we've been talking to that work in the restaurant industry. And even though they're back, oh, yeah. 
the question was, you know, how much impact will it be? And of course, can you touch on this just real quick though, especially for some of those folks who are in tip heavy Mm -hmm. industries? Yeah. Because it's not just restaurant, it's like massage therapist, you know, hairstylist, you know, all of them. Because you and I have had to have conversations with people in the past of, you know, not that we're saying there's a lot of people who don't claim all their income, but there's, you know, there are times that that is the case. Maybe a little bit of manipulation of that. Yeah, Yeah, right. And so there's, you know, if you're going to try and qualify for the most, like, you know, you're saying... You know, if there's a debt to income ratio that's out there, if you're a person who is just kind of going by what the average requirements are for reporting um, versus full reporting Mm -hmm. of everything. Yeah. It's, you know, if you're thinking about buying a a big item like a house, it's a good time to make sure you're doing full reporting. Absolutely. You know, because you're going to qualify for more. It's just the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do anyway. But I got to be honest, I, I get pretty upset when I have a customer come in and they say, well, you know, my tax return says I make 50,000, mm-hmm. but you know, I, you know, they're, they're driving an S class Mercedes and mm-hmm. you know, they've got, you know, hundred grand in the bank and it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, you and I feel the same about yeah. that. I get frustrated because I pay all my taxes. Mm-hmm. Same here. Yeah, and it's, it's so annoying. that, that can't, but that's, that's okay. a different but topic. This is a timely, uh, you know, thing to bring up right now because the deadline for filing taxes mm-hmm. this year, you know, July mm-hmm. 15th yeah. might be different, might be different next year, probably back to the original April. Right. But there's time, you know, possibly to make some, some changes depending on when you're listening to this. True. Program. And so a couple of things, if you were mm-hmm. self-employed, the number one missed deduction that's perfectly allowed is business mileage. How many miles you yeah. drive? Yeah. And because I, I, I don't have it right off the top of my head, 55 cents per mile or something mm-hmm. like that. On the lending side, we'll give you 24 cents per mile and, and add that back into your qualifying income. So it's a deduction that doesn't really hurt you. Um, when you're qualifying for mortgage, but it sh- certainly helps when you're filing your taxes. Oh, gosh, yes. Meals, I know I do. Meals and entertainment, it hurts you. We'll deduct that because you can only deduct half of your meals and entertainment. Exactly. So we're going to hit you for the other half. Right. So if you write off 1000 bucks in meals and entertainment, we're going to hit your income for another 1000 bucks. So there's some things like that that um, uh, we, we got to keep a pretty close eye on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, anyway, so uh, we have to jump off to... Um, Speaking of close eye, yes, we're going to keep a close eye on our time. (laughs) Is that what you're trying to say? That's that's right. Well, because we're about to get to the ugly. Yeah, we're going to jump right into that. A little bit fugly, but let's not. (laughs) We won't explain that. Forever ugly. What does that mean? (laughs) Let's go to break. Let's go to break so I don't have to try and explain that. All right. It's forever ugly. (laughs) How's that? Open House with Team Reba on AM 1580. The answer. Back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. And Reba, if yes. somebody has a question for you, how can they reach you? They can reach me by either email at Reba at TeamReba.com if they have a private question, if they have just a general thing that our team can handle, info at TeamReba.com. Or you can reach out to me uh, on my cell phone at 206-910-3429. How about you, sir? You can catch me anytime by email eric at ericismybanker.com. That's eric with a C. And you can also call me, uh, just not in the middle of the night, 
206-915-3742. Good caveat. I probably should have put that out there. <laughs> I had one of those last week. It was. Are you serious? I had the 4.30 a.m. like rapid fire. Oh, goodness. I think coming in and like, hmm. Yeah. Did it wake you up or were oh, you yeah. already in? No, it did because when my phone goes off that time mm-hmm. of night, I'm thinking. Oh, yeah. Something yeah. Bad panic happened. moment. Yeah. Adrenaline's. You right. Know, yeah. And so you shoot out of bed like, what's yeah. going on? You know, and it's just like, yeah, yeah. yeah what's your rate? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't believe somebody did that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah you know, business hours. Try and keep, well, you know, if you can try and keep it between, you know, Pacific time, like 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., that would be great. Right. What did somebody call it? Microsoft half days, you know, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. There you <laughs> Something go. Something like that. Yeah. So that works. Well, you know, speaking of Microsoft, though, yeah, that goes directly into my ugly yeah. for this time. It, it certainly does. Yes. So um, it's probably become a little more well-known by now uh, once this show is on. But um, very recently, an executive order by President Trump suspended H-1B visas and through the end of 2020 mm-hmm. and as anybody here locally knows that has either is employed at or knows people employed at facebook amazon microsoft google you know any, any, any expedia tech, tech anything oriented. tech heavy mm-hmm. and that's still you know what or engineering Engin- i was going to say manufacturing and engineering has mm-hmm. the same thing yeah. and and not even just that healthcare Mm-hmm. Healthcare also, you know, a lot of those systems that are helping run those organizations that are, you know, dealing with coronavirus, you know, there's a lot of people who have come from out of country who are helping manage these systems and, and, and you know, really helping feed our economy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I had clients who happen to work for big tech locally who started asking me, hey, I just heard this executive order come out i'm looking for a house right now is this going to impact the marketplace Mm -hmm. and you know because one of them is from india and the other is from canada Mm -hmm. and they're concerned you know because as i you know started looking into it uh, more closely because it's not the first time Right, mm-hmm. that this has come up. No, it and up, yeah. there's some people in management level of uh, local tech companies that I've talked to who have been part of, um, you know, briefs, amicus briefs that you know that go to the White House. They're saying, "Hey, we think these are bad policies, mm-hmm. and you're going to negatively impact our companies." And because the reality is, technology is something that can be anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to limit people from coming here and helping the companies that are homegrown here from developing, then they can just easily get done somewhere else. And those monies go to those areas and economies. Yeah. Right. I mean, when you even look at the number of developers coming from China and India and Russia, I mean, there's a lot more coming from those other marketplaces uh, you know, because the number here locally for us, basically locally in tech firms, about one in four people is from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, there's I, I kind of looked a few numbers up last year in 2019. Mm-hmm. The USCIS said the U.S. had three hundred eighty eight thousand four hundred and three H-1B visa holders mm-hmm. who work in and their quote is occupations that require the theoretical 
and practical application of a body of highly specialized knowledge, engineers, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, that some included um, both newly approved applicants, cap those are already capped at 85,000 mm -hmm. a year. So that's the... the uh, yeah, and about three quarters of those go to people working in tech. Right, and 72% of the visa holders were from India. Uh, the, the second largest contingent came from China, which mm -hmm. was about 13%. And, um, but I think it had already slowed down quite a bit. Um, last year in May, there were 13,500 applications for H-1B visas. Uh, this May, there were 143. So that's all related to COVID. It had already yeah. pretty much trickled to a halt. Mm -hmm. and, and I understand the spirit of, of, the, of the executive order is to protect U.S. You know, citizens, mm -hmm. the jobs of U.S. citizens first and foremost. Uh, but I don't think there's any business group out there that's happy about it. No. Right now. No, yeah. there's not. Yeah. And frankly, the way I personally look at it is most of those, I, I don't know who he's really trying to protect. Because we don't have enough people in the United States with those backgrounds mm -hmm. to fill all those jobs. Right. We just right. don't. And we haven't for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know who he thinks he's protecting. Well, yeah, this this is an interesting one. And we're going to, I'm sure, need to do a little bit more studying on it. And fortunately, being a, yeah. an executive order, it's something that's could be adjusted, rescinded, changed. Exactly. And right now it's only going through the end of 2020. Mm -hmm. So right. it's a, you yep. know, yep. yet to be seen. Right. Um, as I was talking about, because I did a Facebook Live on this, right, as as we've told some of our listeners, you know, we're doing Tuesdays and Fridays typically, mm -hmm. um, unless there's something else that happens to come up, you right. know, and we can't do it. But Tuesdays are now me doing them on my own, and then you and I do them together on Fridays. Mm -hmm. So I did this on a Tuesday recently. And I was talking about it from the standpoint of it's so early into it, we don't know. And frankly, the price points that a lot of the tech workers are buying in is anywhere from 500 to about one and a half million. Right. Right. Because right. it's a lot of first time buyers in sure. the United States, yes, right? Absolutely. They've only been here for a short period of time most of the time, right? Mm -hmm. And so that in our marketplace, is one of the the busier price ranges you know, that the 500 to 750 is the second most busy price point range behind uh, about 350 to 500. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, whether it's going to, you know, cause we had seen what we thought was a little bit of impact in that price range. As soon as you went above 750, when you started getting into jumbo loan land, yeah. you know, we saw a little bit of that, being adjusted because the rates went up for a little while, but now they're back down. Right. Right. So things have been opening back up. And what I also said on that same Facebook live was, you know, we're still seeing huge amounts of pending activity mm -hmm. with buyers. And so we're almost like a two to one ratio of pendings to new listings. Yeah. Coming in. Wow. Right. Still so, and that's been that way for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. Um, COVID, all it did was just give more pent up demand. And then the fact that, you know, new construction was being impacted, that meant we still had more housing shortage. And in fact, one of those customers was saying, man, there's just nothing in the range that we want. So we're going to wait another four to six months mm -hmm. and just see one, what happens to inventory. But the main thing for them is that they're going to wait to see if they get more stock options available to yeah. open up to yeah. them for vesting so they can have a bigger down payment and qualify for more. Sure. sure. Right. So it's, you know, we'll, we'll see. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Time will so, tell. Yeah. Okay. So, but let's let's take all those that good, bad, and ugly that you and I just covered, yeah. right? Because we've got a couple of minutes left in this show. What do you think that all combined is yeah. going to do with this market for the rest of the year? Yeah. Great question. <laughs> I. Th- this is this is a great show for me. This so is so many good questions. I can't believe me. how many times you told oh, me I had a great questions. Get a medal <laughs> for all those good questions you've asked today. Good student. Okay. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna balance the the per, the number of people impacted by some of mm-hmm. those things we discussed. Folks yeah. that are in forbearance, self-employed borrowers, mm-hmm. you know, H-1B visa holders. Mm-hmm. You know, balancing that with the fact that we are at record record low interest rates. Yeah. And we still have a very robust housing market, and mm-hmm. our economy is emerging, you know, back out of this this morass, you know, called COVID. I think we're still going to be stronger, you know, throughout yeah. the year. I think it's going to continue to be a strong market. Uh, that the the negatives of some of those things uh, are far outweighed by just these the af- sheer affordability, mm-hmm. you know, that these low rates are bringing us, and and the expectation that those low rates are going to be continuing for a while here. Yeah, well, let's hope that that's truly the case. Um, Listeners, if you have any thoughts on the subject or you want us to dig deeper into any of these topics later on, please feel free to reach out to us. You can also find us on all of our social media outlets like Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. But thanks again for listening this week to Open House with Team Reba. Thanks for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at Remax Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of REMAX Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.